Boys and girls, hello, uh, and welcome to another awesome episode of the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Ostenenko. I'm the CEO of a company called fourandhalf.com. And over the last eight years, we've helped 500 plus property management companies grow their business by designing and executing marketing campaigns that and websites that focus on owner acquisition. In other words, growing your property management portfolio via more properties under management. So that's the only job we have here at Four and a Half. And um, over the last few years, we went through 2013, I was in my garage, like literally garage uh, set up <laughs> and slumming it. And my guest was there as well. I'll introduce him in a moment. But in 2017, we've hit Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies. Obviously, we've done something right and we're committed to staying in this industry. Now, this podcast is really designed for me and my guests to share the expertise. Now, personally, me, I have the finger on the pulse of the property management market as my day-to-day -day job is to talk to lots of PMs in different areas worldwide. And so I'm hoping to share that expertise, business building expertise. But the best thing is the guests, the advice you'll get from those folks who have done it or are subject matter experts. And my today's guest is an outlier for sure in the space. I've known him for a long time. His, his name is Scott Brady. Scott, how are you? I'm good, Alex. Good to be here. Yeah, man. Long intro, but man, we, I'm excited about this because in 2013, you know, I have the privilege of reviewing your slides for the PM Grow presentation. We'll talk about that later. But you were 52 doors in 2013. Does that, does that sound right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it sounds. And, and I think I was your first. I've, I was. You're my first podcast I ever did years ago. So yeah, I was certainly. I think yeah, twenty to fifty-two by two thousand thirteen. Probably correct. Yeah, and then now two thousand eighteen. I think you finished with thousand fifty-two. You know, and change. Mm -hmm. And then the most exciting thing I have for you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is that Scott is going to thirty-one hundred units in twenty twenty, and I bet he's going to get there. I think we'll probably be more than uh, th that many units based on um, a new, we're doing associations as well, but still the core, the core of our business is residential doors. And the goal this year for residential doors is probably about 500, uh, grow by 500. Grow by 500, not a small feat. A lot of people are, well, some people are able to execute against it. A lot of people dream, um, that's the dream growth. And, and let's face it, a lot of you out there who are listening won't be able to sustain that kind of growth. It just your business is not set up for it. So don't try to aim for things that you can't digest because you will stretch your team. You will stretch your marketing expense. You, you would just it would just be very easy to get um, get your business sideways if you grow too fast. So just be careful with that. Um, Scott and I both attended a systems conference over the last week in Vegas, and there's a lot of things there like you got to work on your systems before you can sustain a growth. Right, Scott? I mean. Um, absolutely. That was my big takeaway that, that, as I told you, there are people managing 40 doors uh, with systems uh, that could be managing 4,000 doors and the people managing 400 doors with systems that should not be managing four. And I probably fall into the latter, not the former. So I, I, I had a big takeaway. I have a staff member now completely dedicated on documenting every single system in our company. And, and to go back on growth, 
uh, some companies choose to grow. I kind of have to grow. I've got 20 branch managers that uh, want to be fed and they want to be fed doors. And so uh, that's sort of the, uh, that, that's the beast I've created. And that really forces me outside of my comfort zone when it comes to growth, if you will. I, I don't necessarily want to grow 500, but I kind of have made this commitment to these branch managers. And so uh, because of that, that makes me force me to innovate, innovate my marketing and, and my distribution channels as well. But personally, you, Scott, from, from our relationship of, uh, over, over these years, I, I find you as more of an innovation, marketing, growth, sales, that kind of personality rather than back-end office operator. I mean, how do you judge yourself? Yeah, that, that goes without saying. So uh, I'm not the ops guy, believe me. Yeah, I'm a, a sales and marketing guy. Um, I try to find the right people who are good at the tasks I'm certainly not good at. Um, and uh, but whether you like it or not, you got to have good systems in place. Uh, you can't add, uh, you know, 200 doors without good systems in place. And more importantly, the bigger you get, the bigger target you are for the Department of Real Estate, for competitors. And so you better have your T's crossed and your I's dotted. And in our business, that's that systems. That's our that's the back end. So I've got dedicated staff now to make sure within the next six months, everything we do and how we do is completely documented. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's an important path on your growth. But let, let, let's take a step back. You have a very unique blue ocean approach. And I think in my, at least in my mind, you popularized this term in this industry, in the property management space. Um, can you explain a little bit about the, your, your acronym SMEPOS, Blue Ocean, and how, where that fits in your, in your sort of growth goal? Yeah, we all have to find our target market, and there's lots of them. There's uh, investors, there's realtors, um, there's HOAs. And so I decided to go after uh, self-managing investment property owners, or SMIPOs, because that's the biggest market. And I, couldn't, I, I really couldn't compete effectively against other property management companies. When you're managing 50 doors, you don't have a good story to tell. Mm. And so I decided to go after the, the unwashed out there, the uh, self-managing uh, <laughs> owners. And, uh, and when I decided to do that, and as we all throw around 70 to 80% of, uh, of people self-manage, well, in Los Angeles, my marketplace, which is Southern California, you're talking over a million you know, self-managing investment property owners. So I figured, okay, that's a good market. That's, that's a lot of fish out there. And then it became down to, well, why aren't, why aren't they currently hiring property management companies? I'm not the first one. And that led me down the path that probably started in 2013 that led me to my entire business model and my marketing plan. So um, by targeting that segment initially and being laser focused on what their pain points were, uh, not just emotional, but financial pain points now. Uh, we try to offer a product that's so compelling, why wouldn't they hire us? And and allows us to have the growth rates that I really need and want. So let's break it down a bit. You are basically tackling something that the whole industry was unable to penetrate over, over the many years. Now it's shifting now, of course. But we're talking about leaving behind 70% of the market because they don't trust you, the property manager. Correct. What, what are some of the elements of, of that mistrust that you've uncovered that you surfaced through some of the surveys and other work you've done? Well, I would say unlike residential real estate, property management, um, uh, it probably rightfully, rightfully so, garnered a terrible reputation over the last 30 years. And um, the reputation was such that property managers and, and, and what I did was I sent, I still every month send out about 50 surveys randomly to property owners, investment property owners saying, you know, do you self-manage? And if you don't, why? If you do, why? And what would it take to have you to cease and desist doing this? And what you find was our reputation was that we were untrustworthy. We overcharged. We had terrible customer service. Uh, we had lots of fees. We nickel and dime people. And they, they, we just have a bad reputation. And it's going to take more than just me to correct that reputation. But I think collectively, 
uh, both individually and collectively, we can't. And by addressing those pain points. And so that was probably the first thing I did, um, I guess about four years ago was I said, okay, what, what will it take for you to hire a property management company? And they said, well, if I could trust you, if I could believe you, if I could like you, and if your pricing was fair, I'd consider it. And that's really when I pivoted the entire company to address those pain points with uh, transparency tools, value propositions, really focused on the customer service experience. Uh, a lot of, we now have 60 Yelp reviews that are four stars plus. And then on pricing, well, that's price is price is price. And we've been getting better at that and we're going to probably talk about that a little bit, not specifically price, but what we're offering that offsets their um, their pain point when it comes to price, if you will. And that was uh, that's what I did. I started I uh, created the four pillars of the company based on those, and and you know now on our website, which you're familiar with, we've got a map of all the properties we manage. We've got comparison charts, our pricings there, our reviews are there, and so that piece was pretty easy taking care of the transparency part, so they could believe us. What I've been really working on the last couple of years is then the value propositions. Uh, because that's going to take the owner from fear, fear of property management, fear of getting screwed by a property management company, fear of letting go, all the fears these people have. And they're valid. You know, we, we, we deserve that. That, 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 that. We instill that fear in them. Um, if we could take them from fear to trust, and trust is earned, and it's earned, in my opinion, through value propositions um, that are meaningful. They're not just fluff, but they actually have teeth in them, and they, um, and they resonate with the, the, the buy owner. And that's what I do on a daily basis. I always say I try to get more people to go to our website and convert more of those people to go to the website. Because if we can do, I think right now my conversion rate's running 0.002% on direct mail. If we just nudge that up to 1%, for me, that's 1,500 doors next year, right? So that's, I'm not there, uh, but we got to slowly bring people up and uh, use the um, programs and the value propositions to earn their trust. What I really like about you, Scott, is you always experimenting. And it's not always experimenting with just words. You actually go and do stuff. And then you go talk about it. You go talk about it. You solicit a lot of feedback. And then you sort of make pivots based on that feedback and based, based on what works both, right? That's kind of meshing both the quantifiable as well as the, you know, the sage advice that you're receiving because you're sharing all this stuff. So it's really, I do have a question for this. For this, I couldn't really... I couldn't really understand this very well. In my experience, you know, we build websites for property management companies and you call it transparency. I believe that's, that's like the first filter, right? You don't pass that. You don't get conversion. You don't pass that. You don't get an eyeball. You're done, right? They're going elsewhere um, or back to self-managing. How, why do property management companies a lot of times are scared to put their pricing on the website? Well, I mean, I, I think what they believe that they they're at a, they feel like they're at a competitive disadvantage. And if I put out there, I'm charging X, and somebody's a little bit lower, then they're uh, the, the the world's going to be a path to the lower price competitor. And the key is not just put your price up, but put your value around the price. Because if it's if it if without value, it all comes down to price. Um, and if you position yourself as I collect rents and I disperse funds. Well, arguably a monkey could do that, but if you do much more than that for your owner, um, then uh, price becomes less important and the entire value proposition becomes more important. Um, I don't know why, because they're certainly going to check around on price, and um, with the you know internet, it's pretty easy to check other. Uh, and now that other people are putting the price out there, now you look more suspicious every day you don't put your price out hmm. there. Now, if you want to manage a hundred doors, which by the way, God bless, there's nothing wrong with managing a hundred, two hundred doors. Um, not 
what I want to do, but you, then you do, you can kind of do business the old way in the end and just sit on your, your little portfolio and hope it doesn't dissipate over the next 10 years. But if you want to position yourself for the future and you want to have a business, you know, I always say what we do here is that we target multiple segments. Um, we have through marketing, mar multiple marketing channels with multiple distribution channels. And here's the key to create multiple revenue streams. And those multiple revenue streams are what's gonna protect us, insulate us for what may or may not happen in the future. And more importantly, I think having multiple revenue streams and multiple companies, I more and more, I wanna I want to control the entire owner experience. I don't want my owner going to another real estate company. I don't want my owner going to even maybe a different plumbing company. I don't want my owner having a home warranty company. I don't want my owner going outside of my world, which I can control. Um, and if you're sitting on hundred doors, that's not going to happen. So it's just, it, it, it dovetails nicely to where I want to go is by um, controlling the experience with multiple revenue streams. And then of course, and the, how I'm going to grow the company is through the buy owner market. That's, that's, that's where the big market is. Now we do have go, we go out for homeowners uh, associations, investors, but really our, our bread and butter is the uh, the buy owner. I love it, man. So this is interesting. This is new and from a little bit piece of information I fished out of you today is uh, your sort of desire, your vision to control full customer experience, and by that you not only providing better service and 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 getting a raving fan, so to speak. But you're also, you know, including additional revenue streams, and and we sort of went the same way. It took us as a company, we went through progressions of being, you know, offering just social media services initially, and then eventually, like at this point, we're building websites, all the analytics, and all the reporting behind it, and the whole marketing, and all the marketing sort of like really um, sort of terminates at this endpoint of the website where the lot of reporting and information is being collected evaluated and recommended by experts on our side where to pivot and how to position the investment better to get better outcomes. Now, that came years. It took years to do, right? We were a peace solution. And I, I'm with you 100%. When you're 100, 150 units, that's great. I do have customers at that size who are truly looking to upgrade their and continuously feed their portfolio with high-quality clients. Like you're talking Walt. Walt. You know, Walt, we've met him. I don't know if you talked to him. We went, met him at the conference. He manages like a 200-unit portfolio. We've done it for years. Extremely profitable, very happy, but continues to innovate because he's not going to fall behind. He wants this livelihood to, to stay and, you know, play in a, in a significant margin a space. Well, um, being a single throat to choke, Scott, is a, an excellent position, right? This is the term I really love and enjoy because – now I'm the landlord, a partner with you, progressive property management, right? What if I need to buy another property? What if I want to sell this property? What if I need a cash out refinance? What if I need, you know, uh, upgrade my house? I want to remodel. I don't want to call 10 other people. No. Yeah, there, uh, there was a saying that uh, you don't want anybody to uh, somehow get into the relationship you have with your client in any form or fashion. Uh, I had a call today. They are going to sell their property, uh, rental we manage. So I'm going to sell it for them. Uh, we're going to upgrade it for them through my maintenance company. And they appreciate that. They're, they're not suspicious. They appreciate the fact that we're, it's a one-stop shop. And, um, you know, I was in a franchise, a real estate franchise for 10 years. And that's what they sold to us. They're going to come in and they're going to give us the business systems and the numbers. And they're going to give us the marketing, they're going to give us leads, they're going to give us the back end, they're going to give us training and education. And we bought it. I paid them. I paid them 8% of every dollar I earned. And um, I think a lot of people don't want to join a franchise for a lot of good reasons why I left it, but they still want that 
they want that. They want all of that. You know, they don't want to try to figure out just this. They want somebody to give them the the ten things they're going to need to be successful in property management. And um, and I think that day is coming. Uh, I think right now it's very piecemeal, and you got to kind of pick and choose. And you decide where you're weak or you're strong. But I think um, the more you can be a one stop shop for property management companies, like I'm a one stop shop for the buy owner market. That's that's where we're going. Right. Exactly. And so as an owner, like I'm just. You know, as an investment property owner, man, I I just wish I had that. I, I had the guy. You know, you want to call, call it the guy. I don't care if you ten thousand units. You're still the guy, right? The guy that gets it done for me. The yeah. guy that can turn my rental around. You know, move a new tenant in very quickly. Help me buy six other properties if I wanted to. Like whatever the case is. And so, I actually, with this, I wanted to sort of dig in. This is my latest area of fascination: is the concept of a pocket listing. You and I haven't talked about this before. What are your thoughts on this? How do you execute against it? And where do you see improvements for your own company and the industry, how this could be done better? When you say pocket listing, you mean somebody who decides to sell and you you, you, you market it before it goes to the market. So, you're so essentially your job overall, the outcome of this is somebody t- tells you they want to sell a property. You don't evict a tenant. You basically Correct. give the opportunity to your uh, the, the owners that you manage for and other contacts to be able to purchase that property tenant occupied and continuous investment property and keep it in your portfolio as a management client. Yeah, it's perfect. So that, the lady that calls today, we're not going to be on the market for, I think, uh, 60 days. So we're going to start promoting it to the other investors. Now, Southern California, we're not a big investor market. It's just not that big because the prices, this house is a three bedroom, one bath, a thousand square foot built in 52 and the sales price will be $500,000. So, <laughs> yeah. so it currently doesn't pencil here. Um, but I know, no, no other markets, it certainly does. Um, I just rolled out a program, uh, called the realtor referral program. So I think what you're talking about is leveraging your portfolio to the benefit of fill in the blank. So we just rolled out a program where we take all the leads in our rentals. So uh, typically we put a home on the market, we get about 20 to 30 leads. That's crazy. But then we push tenant those leads, leads, right? I'm just, I'm just, just tenant, about tenant leads. Tenant pure, leads. Pure tenant leads. But of the 30, only one's going to get the property, right? That's 29 that go away. So we take those 29 and we shove them to a third party and they vet those tenants and they say, why are you renting? You should be buying. Great, great programs out there. And uh, we're going to have probably 8,000 leads this year. And of those, 4,000 will be contacted. And of those, we'll probably get some between 10 to 20 buyers out of that. So the tenants, you know, it takes, you got to incubate. It takes six to 12 months. But now we can give those buyers back to our branch managers or our agents so they can help those. So once you've got a portfolio, whether it's pocket listing, which is really big in uh, certain markets. And you know you know how you get rich in real estate, you get other people rich in real estate. That's, that's how it works, right? And once investors realize you're helping them get even wealthier, the world beats a path to your door. I mean, that's just what happens. And so it's leveraging your portfolio, if you will, however that looks like, uh, a pocket listing or realtor referral network or whatever it looks like that you're helping uh, both your agents and your owners get wealthier. Very, very good. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking you, you're so right. Like this is market dependent, right? Because if I'm in Houston, Texas, it's pretty hot investor market, believe it or not, right now. And uh, yeah. it has been for a little while. And so that would be more beneficial to be able to sell it with, with good tenant occupied as an yeah. investment property. 
versus yeah, where we, you at? Yeah, and where am I? Yeah, I think, I'm at well. I think you you got to position yourself as a trusted source of real estate information. I'm just not your property manager. I'm your real estate expert. You got to expand the relationship from one dimensional to multi dimensional. So I'm just not the guy that finds tenants and gets rid of bad tenants and turns your property. I'm the guy that's also your investment counselor who's looking for opportunities for you, who's looking for ways for you to make even more money in real estate or to minimize costs. If you position you and your company as that resource in your client's life, you know, they're not going to get rid of you because somebody's cheaper down the street. Why would they ever do that? Ah, so, so well said. And I think that's, I think that's also possible at 150 properties or so you want to be boutique, you know, provide that service. The, the beauty of 150 properties, Scott, is you could do it yourself. You, the guy, literally, or the girl, like mm -hmm. they know you, they know who you are and that's fine too. In your case, you have to have systems. Yeah, we, we, for example, we go out and um, I will target properties I think have a you know, very low mortgage balance, high equity, low return on equity, of course, and we'll convince them to sell that property and then we'll get them to buy a multi-unit that's way below market because the rents are below market. And we partner with them and then give me two years, I'll bring that property up to market value, bring all the rents up. You create a relationship that's fascinating. I mean, the, these people will take a bullet for you. And these are wealthy people, but you help them sell out property for 600000 you've got them in a $1.5 million 10-unit building that you took up to $2 million, you got a friend for life. Mm. And they tell all their wealthy friends about you. And it's it's always how I, when I was in residential real estate, how it worked, and now in property management, it's just leveraging the relationship and the doors in your expertise. And, and, you know, too often, I think, in property management companies and property managers, they just, they just get too small. They think too small. They think um, in, in real estate, they're the condo king. And in property management, they manage their 150 doors. And if you really look outside, all the opportunities in our industry is just fascinating to me. Um, and we get some really smart people in this business, but they just think too very, very narrow-minded, basically. And uh, when you say I'm an innovator, all I really do is I try to look more expansively at our industry and my offerings so that I can, um, I, I think, you know, my business model, I have realtors, I teach how to be property managers, and I, 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 I set them on the... Um, uh, on their way of being successful and to thrive in any real estate market. And we're walking into a recession and I have the right business model for that, I think. But uh, yeah, I think you're, 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 you're saying, you're saying my, my words here that, uh, you know, expand what you, how you see your role in your, your clients' lives. Yeah, that's very good. And by the way, uh, the innovator um, tag, I guess I, I don't apply lightly. And the reason is like a lot of people are thinking about expanding their business I think what separates people like yourself is, and there are a few of you out there, um, you're a doer, right? It's not a dreamer. So not, it's not a dreamer. It's innovator, right? You, you're yeah. actually doing testing, continuously testing. This is, this is what, what, what's amazing to me. I always advocate this. And I realize how difficult it is to do in the business because you know, I run a multi-million dollar business myself. Scott, it's difficult to, to make turns at this size, right? you know, it has to be coordinated. <laughs> it's well, not I mean, easy. A, a real life example, we just rolled out a preferred tenant program where we allow a tenant to waive their security deposit and we charge them a monthly fee. And um, I got some blowback from other property management companies. This legal, I mean, isn't this insurance and aren't you afraid? And I said, well, hey, I had an attorney look at it, a DRE auditor look at it. And I'll put it all into escrow just in case. But if we don't try it, if we don't put it out there to see, does it resonate with the tenants and with the owners? How we know if it's even worth getting your undies, you know, your undies in a bunch about it. And uh, we rolled it out. And a true story. One of my branch managers was nervous. He had a new owner and he was sending him the contract and he was afraid the owner would have 
pushback. You know, why aren't you collecting two months or why, why are you waiving one month and collecting this fee? And I got the email on Sunday. He said he forwarded it to me from the owner who happened to be an attorney. And he said, love all your programs. And, and that, that put a little joy to my heart that I if an know, attorney yeah, loves yeah. your, your, it's your, your program, baby, man, somebody <laughs> just complimented your baby. Yeah. Like, that's a good sign. And in, in the end, I, I've, I've told my staff this, and I'll tell the, the property management community, I don't do it to make money. That's great if I can make money off this program. I'm protecting my owner's interests. I'm getting two months secure deposit. I'm, I have a fiduciary responsibility to do the best I can for them. If these programs benefit my owners and I can make a profit, I'm, I, you know, I'm doing the Lord's work then because it's not do it to make a profit. You're doing it to help your owners. The profit pays for the program. And really what it allows you to do is grow, add more doors because now you've got a compelling program that benefits, in this case, tenants and owners and me. And that's, there's nothing more beautiful than that, right? So, um, and that's really what I'm talking at PM Grow about is offering these owners and tenant programs that differentiate you and, um, and then create compelling calls to action to the marketplace. So you're not saying, hey, you know, stop managing my owner, you know. Let me do it. It's not compelling. You know, you've got to, you know, solve the pain point, heal the pain point. And they're obviously not in pain if 80% of people are managed by owner. They don't have enough pain or they don't know what their pain is, or you're not solving their pain is probably the biggest issue. We're we're going out there saying the same thing, the same monotone way, and we're tone deaf. And if we finally realize what the real pain to owners is, which my opinion is their pain is financial pain. Uh, their pain is the fact that we charge a management fee and they have loss of rent and they've got repairs and we take that too lightly. That pain is big enough that they won't let us manage their own property. The risk is on them, in other words. That's uh, correct. Not on the PM as much. And so what you, you set out to do is sort of equalize and say, look, I will be pay- it will be painful for me. We'll align our interests together. And Scott, by the way, you kind of brought this up and I want to say, you guys want to hear more specific about Scott's programs and he's got all kinds of really cool, cool stuff to share. He's going to be speaking at the PM Growth Summit, pmgrowthsummit.com in April. That's a premier conference for those property management companies focused on growth. Um, and he's going to have a 30 by 30, 15 minute presentation with a lot of sort of like uh, how to's. And then he's doing a, an hour deep dive on the, on, the, on the topic. So clearly, if you want to learn more, come and spend uh, the, some time with, with us at the PM Growth Summit hear scott brady speak um get to know him personally and he's he's like he will he will answer your questions right scott i mean i've never seen you very gracious with your time uh, uh, i'm an open book not a literal open book because that'd be the improper use of the word literal i am a i'm actually an open book yes i hope you're enjoying this show we'll take you back there in just under 60 seconds but first are you running a property management company that is looking to grow by 100 properties or more over the next 12 months? Are you looking for a partner who can design and implement all of the marketing so you can focus on operations, customer experience, and profit? Are you willing to spend three to $600 per owner as you add them to your portfolio? And finally, do you have adequate resources on your end to dedicate to completing your part of the project so your marketing can be activated and all the leads start flowing in? Right? If the answers to those questions is yes, that means you are ready to grow and scale. And we here at Four and Half want to help you to do so. Log into fourandhalf.com, hit free consultation, and set up a time with one of my team members 
to go through your business and figure out how four and a half can deliver the growth you're looking for. Now back to the show. I wanted to pivot a little, this interview a little bit into some of the stuff that some of the stuff that our audience can take away today to help them build their businesses. And I want to specifically ask about content marketing. Content marketing, has, it's been like, it's where I built this company from. It's been very passionate of mine. In fact, what we're doing today, you and I, is absolutely content marketing, right? It's, it's in purest form education with, with a few kind of interjections. Hey, I run a marketing company. Come work with me. But listen, I'm not going to charge you for this podcast. The, the, the amount of wisdom and information from this podcast is yours to do whatever you please, please with. But at the same time, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting enough outcome from doing this podcast to continue to provide high quality education. What are your thoughts on content marketing in property management? You wanted the pioneers. There are few people who are doing, who are doing it, even fewer doing it right. What is your sort of, give me the whole concept and how, how would, how you're deploying it for your business? Yeah. So if you have something to say, you, you've, you've got to, you got to say it. And um, so we, uh, at PM Grow, we were there last year, um, loved it. Uh, what I found at PM Grow was that you it's just not somebody who just started a business with maybe there are people managing a few doors. You've got a lot of people there that are serious operators of property management companies. Um, and so that's what I enjoyed about it. It was kind of the, the, the Clem to the clam. It was really the best out there. The uh, the people y'all know. Um, for me, content marketing is taking these programs we developed and 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 pushing it out. Correct. So and pushing it out in all different ways. It, it's yes, it's video. Um, yes, it's uh, we use a lot of it on the website uh, to create. Uh, for me, uh, I use content in two ways. One is to create an emotional connection with our consumer. Uh, it's Martin Luther King Day. I I have a dream, and my dream is I never talk to a client. Uh, uh, we only talk, um, we don't, we don't, we talk to a client once they've signed a contract, right? We don't talk to prospects and you can use content to do that. So they, everything they want to know about your company, all your programs, how you do it, what you do, where you do it, what you price, all, all there. There's no reason to pick up the phone and call us. Um, now they do, of course, and we love to talk to them, but content is a bit, a bit ability, in my opinion, to create, they won't, they won't hire you until they trust you and they won't trust you until they like you. And, and one way of content is creating like with your clients. Um, they want to like you before they're going to trust you. And then once they trust you, they'll, they'll, they'll hire you. The other thing about content is um, having it so it's effective. And it, uh, it is compelling. And then you can use it in direct mail and use content in direct mail that pushes them to your other content or in your drip marketing or in your Google ads. My pet peeve about our industry to some degree um, and take, don't, don't listen to me, go, go to Google, type in property management in your city or your state or other cities and you see what the calls to action are, the content we're using. And it's like, um, you know, carefree or hassle-free property management or number one or our clients love us. That's not compelling. That's not good content. And I think as the bar keeps on getting raised um, by really some good operators out there, if you're not imp improving your content, if you're not if you're not deploying your content in an effective manner, you're going to get left behind. There are some good content providers out there right now, and people like you are helping getting the message out and helping them improve their message in the way of telling it. And there's definitely becoming a – we're separating the, uh, the men from the boys right now when it comes to this industry and, um, and, and, and because of your company and, and people like Jordan's company, and, and there's all kinds of people out there. So, yeah, I, I live and breathe content. My job is to drive more people to my website, and once they get there, create a greater connection so they want to hire us. Yeah, so I think the big piece of what you just said, and more of a technical piece of marketer in me right away wants to sort of 
clasp on is is that SEO that that yeah when somebody types property management Los Angeles right that's your Google AdWords that's where you got to come up have a good value proposition all what you said is absolutely true but even before that if they type if they type um, you know rental values in X neighborhood right your muck better come up your face better come up in the video and says hey you know we've done a you know we manage a lot of properties in this area here's the range uh, here's how to max- maximize the rent oh by the way and give us a call if you want to download an ebook how to manage a property right that, like get them into your funnel and then from there so that that seo that long tail uh it's called a long tail search opportunity is is impacting your business but Scott, I bet in 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 significant way. What would you say the percentage organic leads, meaning non-paid leads versus paid leads, that you currently get? Like, what's the honest? Like, what's the last? It's always hard. Organic. So we we do a lot of Google ads and a lot of direct mail. And I I think direct mail I'm probably unique, and you know more than I do. We we will drop fifteen thousand pieces this month in direct mail, um, and then on uh, Google ads we'll probably drive in seventy leads, eighty leads. So between those two, we're probably running a hundred to a hundred and you know ten twenty leads. Um, and then on organic, probably another 10 to 20, not a lot. Our market area is so big that we're going to get better at that. We're really honing in on new areas. We just put branch managers. And so we're going to really target market. And we've got a great, uh, story to tell right now as an industry. I don't know if you heard, uh, Oregon today decided to pass rent control for the state. For the state. Uh, Yeah, I've seen that. state. Uh, Washington and Spokane, they're coming through with a tenant bill of rights where you get to pay for the moving expenses of your tenant if you give them notice to vacate. California, we have now the most liberal governor uh, ever, probably. The same thing's going to happen. So we, we, this is on the horizon in our state, in a lot of states, I suspect, and we can be the ones educating our clients through oh, video. Yeah, such through an opportunity. Clients. Scott, I'm sorry to interrupt. I mean, you know, Stephanie Gordon, as amazing property manager, Gordon, yeah. she... What she did, she just talked about rent control in San Francisco and nobody would do it. And she is absolutely one of the most successful property management companies. Never paid a dollar to Google AdWords. <laughs> Not yeah. once. Right? Yeah. All organic, 100%. This is the time. Scott, you're so right. This is the time. If you're a property manager in Oregon, my God, turn this podcast off and start recording videos on what this means to your clients and landlords population in general. Oh, exactly. I mean, or do landlord seminars, invite 100 people into a room and talk about it or do it webinars. I mean, it, there, it is it's so content rich out there right now that uh, you have so many things you can certainly discuss with the marketplace. And, you know, think of the nervous buy owner out there, the nervous buy owner who's hearing this and doesn't know what it means to them, what's the financial impact, what's the legal impact. And if you're out there educating and putting it out there, you know, you, you, you become the property manager before they need a property manager. Um, and, and you want to position yourself as such. And, uh, yeah, Stephanie's done a great job and, um, and just educating the, the field, the, the, the world out there of investment property owners. And yeah, she does an amazing job. She's a, but you know what guy. we should do. And that's the, So I agree with the webinars. I agree with the seminars, but what I'm talking about is doing a four or five minute videos on updating specific on the specific nature of how these laws will impact titling them properly. New, you know, 2019 Oregon rent control how it impacts your you know investment property like that and putting a lot of these sort of specific keywords you don't need staff keywords but just naturally stuff you know put them in the, in the article by the way i i'd love to look at your i'm gonna what i'm gonna do after the show i'm gonna go look at your articles 
and see how you're titling things and see how what what your keywords are in the copy. Um, I bet I bet there's a lot there's a lot of food on the table that you're leaving behind because you should be getting a lot more organic leads for the content and, you do. You should be. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you. So we looked at that the other day, and you and I be talking offline, by the way. So that's the last piece. But, you know, the beautiful thing about this business is you're constantly improving some piece of the business. So we've got direct mail down pat. We've got Google Ads pretty much down pat. Uh, we've got conversion pretty much down pat, but our weak link is now leveraging these 20 branches throughout Southern. We are really Southern California's first property management company, and why not leverage that? Um, and so I, I totally agree. We're looking at our, um, our our blogs of the day and and, and optimizing the words in, in, in your world. So, yeah, so it's um, titles. It's just I'll give it away, right? It's the titles. You got to sort of understand. You don't even need to. You can. We use Google tools, but you don't have to, right? You can just think, okay, what would people search for, and title it that. Right. It just takes a little bit of work and discipline. No, I agree. And rent control in, in, in California is going to be the hot topic for the next, I'm going to say, 20 to 30 years. It's not going away tomorrow. That's for certain. So if you can get ahead of that and start positioning yourself as the expert and how to help people through that, that you know, those choppy waters of rent control, I think your SEO goes, I think you get as much traffic as you want. I agree with you. Yeah. And that's, so that, that's one other example I'm going to give before we move on the next topic. Joe, uh, Sheila Stokely, um, a good friend of mine, she's done a, a blog, among others, on uh, Section 8 tenants in uh, Contra Costa County, like very specific, you know, how to deal with it, you know, educate landlords on, hey, if you have a Section 8 tenant, what do you do? Like, do you yep. take it? How do you take it? What the process is? What the risks are? And she gets thousands and thousands of views. Now, their properties are not really Section 8 properties. But she's getting a lot of interest, traffic, and SEO out of that blog, a lot of views, and every other of her videos. Um, people will self-qualify into her service because she's really does, she's not in the Section 8 area, but that blog happened to be extremely successful, and nobody talks about it. And it, yeah. it basically dovetails all the other stuff, all these people who are interested in it, but very well may have properties in other areas that they need help with. So. Um, just, yeah, they, everybody knows about rent control. They heard through a, at a dinner party, some guy has rent control. Should I do uh, rent control? Section eight, should I do section eight? Oh my God, you get the check automatically every month. Oh, section eight is wonderful until you have a government shutdown and you're not going to get your check on February ooh. 1st now or whatever might happen. So yeah, it's educating about the pros and cons of sec uh, section eight, which is a natural. There's a, that's, that's a half hour of talking right there. So I think that this is now my takeaway. I'm taking this away, man. I'm taking this away. You know, like starting a business, it's all about timing. And I think they've done like a lot of studies and like, hey, you can be smart. You can be, you know, you can have a lot of money. But at the end of the day, timing is like the, the clearest determined, like whether you get like property management is great, like great timing. Me servicing the industry, you actually growing the business, incredible timing right now. Hopefully both you and I will exit multimillionaires, right? Well, I, I'll, I'm hoping my son takes a visit. But yes, I mean, it, it, <laughs> look, I know it's people think about the money and, and I, I've, I've done always well in every business I've done. What I like about this business is we're setting a higher standard that wasn't out there before and not only giving people and my staff a nice lifestyle and my property managers and my branch managers, but it's cool. It's for me, it's get up to get up every morning. And know I'm making a difference. Now it's association management, which is everybody told me when I was in real, residential real estate, everybody said, don't get into property management. Three T's, toilets, tenants, and troubles. Not okay. worth your time, Scott. And I got into property management and they said, don't get an association, Scott. That's the three P's. Poops, parking, and parties. It's beneath you. It's the penny business. And I find it a great challenge. Like, how can we make that work for us and for my branch managers and change that industry as well? And so 
what's cool is about, and I think you're changing the business. I, I think to get up and just make money, I, I was a private banking. I made money. I hated it because uh, I wasn't helping anybody. These people already had a few million dollars or five. They didn't need my help. They already made five or ten million dollars. But what we do on a daily basis and, and, and to help owners stop making bad decisions and, and protect tenant rights and you helping property management businesses get more efficient, effective, and better, um, you know, I, I would say I get up every day and my little feet hit the ground. I'm excited. And that wasn't true. Uh, even when I was selling 70, 80 homes a year, it is true now. Yeah. Well, I was still in the right place, right time. That's what I think. Um, yep. but, but I think that I wanted to kind of finish my thought on this one guys right now, everybody is go is developing content. Well, like 10, five years ago, nobody would do video blogs and people would hire me to do that. That was scared to death. Like you see some of the older blogs, people are like deer in the headlight. They still did them and they're cashing in now. Like this five years, the five years ago, the Stephanie Gordons, the Sheila Stokely's, the hundreds of others who've done five years ago, like deer in the headlight kind of a style blog, they're still cashing in right now. But right now, I think the, the greatest opportunity, those of you take notes right now who, if you are doing content, if you're recording helpful educational videos, start focusing on timing. Like what Scott brought, like I didn't really connect the two, but now it really is clear to me. Look, if something's going on in your specific area, whatever it is, educate on it look look it up and educate on it title it properly in the create the blog title publish it on your website write up the piece put a video up man that's going to pro provide so much bacon for you over next you know three four five six years not 20 minutes of doing it <laughs> we'll you know, be, uh, you know, so by the way jeff bezos i read a book of his and jeff bezos said if we do a bit the owner of, you know, CEO of Amazon. Amazon, yeah. And he said that if we're successful this quarter, it's something we did five years ago. That uh, everybody wants uh, immediate gratification in property management. It doesn't happen that way. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to start doing today what's going to be effective two or three years from now. Uh, you send out a direct a thousand direct mail pieces this month, you're not going to get 10 doors. But you may a year from now because you're consistent in your message, you improved your message, and it resonated. And so, that's what blogs are about, what's content is about. Somebody's going to type in a year and a half from now in Anaheim, California, oh, my God, what is rent control? What do I do? And you've got 30 blogs sitting Boom. there about rent control. I mean, and, and, and that may not be today. I'll guarantee you it's in the future. And whatever your community is, you've got your own issues. There's something going on. And the, and the property management companies that position themselves as the expert in that, that content, they win. You know, and and it, it's, it's, you're doing something today that's going to pay off three years from now. Oh, I'm, I'm in love. Yeah, this is so true. Um, and so with that, let's shift gears to some other marketing channels. I want, I know you have a lot of experience with direct, direct mail. Do you mind breaking it down a little bit for us in terms of, I'm specifically interested. People ask me, even on Facebook, people ask me, like, hey, what is the customer acquisition cost for direct mail? I want to turn this question to you. You've done it for so long in a single area. What, like, how do you, how do you break this down? Yeah, so it, it's just a numbers game. So first of all, you got to target the right audience. We're by owner market, and we target out of state, out of area. Uh, so somebody who lives two hours away from a property in Southern California can't effectively manage it. And certainly out of state, they can. So that's the first thing we do is what you're targeting. And we know if we send out, um, you know, let's use 10,000, 10,000 pieces, we're reaching 8,000 by owners, probably somewhere in that neighborhood. We also know that only 5% of the people any one time are looking for property management. So out of that 8,000, that's 400 this year that we're looking for property management. So that's what? Now only 30 a month. So I just sent out 10,000 pieces and I'm only talking to 30 people. So what we've done is a couple of things. One is we try to, uh, in our pieces, have very um, 
effective value propositions, eight, eight performance guarantees. Now we have the preferred owner program, preferred tenant program, preferred property program, and uh, that drives them to the website. And of course, then we can capture. Um, the other thing we're doing more and more is that we want to be a resource to the buy owners. So maybe they're not ready for property management. Cool. Uh, but maybe they need inspections of the property. We have a company for that. Uh, maybe they want us just to lease their property. We can do that for them. Um, I've created a website for the renter state. What does that mean to them? They can go to a, a, a website that's all about the California, coming California renter state, how they can prepare for it. So, um, so if we send out 10,000 pieces, 8% more or less will go to our website. So that'd be 800 and our conversion rate runs uh, 0.035. So at 800, we approximately get about, you know, 30 doors. Um, and um, and $15,000 expense. Yeah. So it runs 400. So the cost for me, uh, per piece is 50 cents because I print so many. Uh, it costs us about 50 cents out the door with postage handling and print costs. Um, so for 10,000 pieces, $5,000. Mm -hmm. um, and so my per door runs about 400 bucks, $405. And then a little bit of my secret sauce is then I sell those doors as you, I think, you know, I sell my doors to my branch managers, my property managers, and I recoup about $350. So my net, my, I'm not there yet. I, I want to be a break even. I'm not, it still costs me overall a few bucks. Um, but I fulfill my most important need, which is to feed these branch managers, provide doors for them to manage. Um, so that's direct mail. And I've been doing direct mail for at least five, six years now, not the, the same quantity we are now. Um, but each year I, I make my pieces a little bit more compelling. The one thing we did in the direct mail piece is that we put a quiz in the direct mail piece. And the quiz is basic laws that every property owner should know. This is the, you know, like how many days do you have to return personal property? How many days to return a secure deposit? What's the fine? What's the fair housing fine? All these things, and we find in this quiz that's in the in the direct mail piece where the answer's right there, um, they get basically two out of ten right. You know they don't know what they even don't know, and so by you know by using the piece to educate them on their ignorance, um, it's very effective for us, mm. um, and and also of course put our reviews in there and all the other kind of stuff. So. Um, it, that's what my return is, but I will tell you, it's taken me four years to get that, that to that effectiveness, which I still think is pathetic. You know, that 8% go to my website and, you know, 0.035%, you know, the conversion rates, you know, three and a half percent of the 8%. Um, and that's what I need to do is get better at that. Cause um, you know, I, my opinion is why don't 20% come to my, why don't 2000 people go to my website and, and 1%, you know, use my company. So that, yeah, that's a, that's another issue. Still, I, I wanted to double check the math because I, I am so so it's, you so it's it's fifty cents per piece. Then then yep. you're paying five thousand bucks per. No, how, how, you said fifteen. You, well, I'll use ten thousand. So we we're, we're going to mail fifteen thousand. It'll cost me seven thousand five hundred. Got it. Um, our goal, I think, I'm on that is thirty. Yeah, that's two fifty. Yeah, I think it's higher than that though. That's two fifty per door. So if. If the cost is seventy five hundred and you're getting yep. thirty doors, that's two hundred fifty yep. bucks per door. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah, that's, that's a, that is the that's goal. Cheap, man. Well, yeah, but it it's the key is, and you and I talked about this briefly. A, it's an eight panel piece. It's not a two piece letter that looks like crap. It's it's really a high end piece. Two, the content is very compelling. But more importantly, once they get there, when they go to the website, it connects. So it's it's a uh, it's all connected. There's not right. one thing. The direct mail has to go to a very compelling website with great content, with good video, that's totally transparent. And so if people think there's a direct mail piece and drive them to a website that's not transparent, that doesn't have video, that doesn't have very good content, well, then you're 
you're flushing your money down the toilet. Don't do it. Right. Um, it, it all has to be integrated. Um, and that's certainly what I've learned over the years is you've got to integrate all these mar- you know, marketing channels together. Yeah, I'm with you. And so just, just to set people's expectations, we do send out direct mail pieces for our customers. We do it together with Facebook uh, remarketing and some other sort of uh, digital stuff. But you know, the returns, you don't see 30 doors out of 10,000 cards. No way. Um, you will see that, you know, as Scott said, maybe I think the sixth, the seventh wave, right? The eighth wave, like, yeah, you will start seeing significant returns because you get to know them. You'll also have a lot of people like we track, right? We, we track all these phone numbers and, and, and website visits so we can, we know the data. I have not single time, many times seen people hold on to those po- postcards for 12 months. Oh, years. I mean, yeah, years. Yeah. It's got it's got to be ridiculous, right? and they'll just call that that number, and we've learned not to disconnect the forwarding number, right? The tracking number. Yeah, because that's like, hey, they're calling. They calling like you. You finished your direct mail a year ago. You're still getting business out of it. Oh, years ago, they they, they don't yeah. they they may not have a pain point for three years. They have the piece, and they finally get the pain point, which is the tenant stops paying. You know, the big pain point is the tenant leaves. They got to put a new tenant in. They're now out of state. And um, yes, well, since nobody else is do, as far as I know, in my marketplace, like nobody's doing direct mail that I'm aware of. Um, then that's that that works for me. But you are right. Probably four years ago, my cost per piece was a thousand dollars per per door, yep. and I've driven the cost down purely by um, improving the piece and by uh, you know constant constant the continuity. The continuity is what well you provide. Hey, they you're right. You said that. I think you said that well. Uh, I can't remember where. Maybe just you and I talked uh, in in Vegas, but. You said, hey, they need to come to your website and have the same value propositions they see on Facebook, they see on Google AdWords. There needs to be consistency here because if your marketing company designs your innovative pieces and they don't connect and your website is $19.99, you're not getting the 0.0 nothing conversion. (laughs) 0.0. I agree. I I talk to property management companies. They want to send a piece out and get to – you hear this all the time. Everybody – for most property management companies don't spend enough on marketing, and if they do spend money on marketing, they don't spell, spend it wisely, right? You know, right. it's a it's a mix of the two, and 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 they don't really ho- offer anything that really satisfies the needs of the marketplace. You know, they they're saying the same thing as everybody else, and it's it's a that combination of marketing programs plus your marketing channels plus a consistency um, with the other channels. Uh, plus with your message and, and, and it's, and, and that's what makes this a very complicated business. Uh, I always say real estate's a pretty simple business. Just go get listings, right? Go, go, go call more people, get in front of more people at their living room, take listings. And that's a business. Our business is complicated. There's a lot of moving pieces here. Yeah. Um, and, and I get it. Nobody's really, you know, when you first start and you're managing a hundred doors, you're wearing eight hats, you get to 300 doors, you only have to wear six hats. You get to 1,000 doors, you might be wearing two hats. Um, and and, and while you're wearing those eight hats, I guarantee you're not wearing six very well. You're not, and, and so I, I get it. Our, uh, this is a complicated and difficult business, and you have to reach out to experts. Um, I'm As I'm talking to Alex, I'm thinking, he's right. Our, our blogs do need to be improved. And when I get off this, I'm going to email him and say, I've got some marketing dollars available for that. Um, and, and you've got to constantly improve your business. It's, it, and it's, it's both frustrating. Um, because you're never done, but it's also exciting because you're never done, <laughs> and it's and it's and there's new things happening. And you go to a PM Growth Summit and you learn, oh my God, there's four new things I should be doing. Um, well, I don't offer that program, and could I offer that program? And um, and then so that's what to me keeps me young at heart, at least. Awesome. So, boys and girls, you want to 
this if this was exciting to you, if this interview, you found Scott's advice helpful. And I personally think that he's got the playbook for the marketing. He's constantly iterating. He's not worried about giving it away because in, in two in two months he's gonna do he's gonna pivot a little bit and give and have it even more um, uh, be, become even more outlier and, and the, the changes will continue to evolve until he continues to experiment with these things and get better. But if you wanna um, if you wanna get his playbook. You don't need to invent something new. Do what he does, adapt it for your, for your area, and you will do well. And so I think that's kind of the path to operationalize your sales and marketing is learn from guys like Scott. So come to the PM Grow Summit, invest the, the $1,000 or $1,200 that it costs. You will get that back tenfold if you just implement one of Scott's ideas. <laughs> and we have 20 other speakers at Scott's level to be able to sort of uh, impart wisdom on all of us. And so, Scott, it was, as, as usual, it was an incredible pleasure talking to you. Thank you for sharing. If people want to come ask you questions, how would they find you? Well, I'm on um, uh, Brad Larson's Mastermind site. Um, you can email me. I'm happy to answer questions. I get it all the time. Facebook, of course. But uh, Scott Brady, uh, 1963 at Gmail. It seemed like a good idea 13 years ago to put my birth year, and now I realize that was a tragic mistake. Everybody knows I'm 55. Um, happy to share. Um, before we get there, I, I did a present. Um, I, I, you know, I'm happy to share what I've got, but in the end, I think you go to PM Grow, and um, I'm going to give you an entire hour, and uh, it's open kimono time. I have no problem. I, I always say that I, I want to build an unassailable brand in my marketplace, so I fear no one. So I'm happy to, you know, if we all, I've said this to other people, if we all do a better job of, of communicating to the buy owner market, nobody tries to sell buy owner. It's, it's just, there's no FISBOs in, in my marketplace, what, 1%, whatever the number is, because we've convinced property owners, it's a terrible idea to try to sell your own home. You can't do it. It's too complicated. You're going to get hosed by somebody. And if we as an industry reach out to all these people managing buy owner, whether that's radio, billboards, direct mail, SEO, Google, it doesn't make a difference. Um, they're going to say, you know, I'm not going to manage my owner. I'm just going to find the best company for me. And I just, I'll, I, I'm, I'm happy to be one of those companies to be interviewed for that job. There are so many properties in my marketplace, all our marketplaces, that there aren't enough property management companies to absorb those doors mm -hmm. if they all collectively decided that this is, this is insanity to manage my own property. And if we all communicate better programs and we communicate it more effectively and they get a consistent message when they get to our company's websites, you know what? We all benefit from it, not, not just me, but all of us. Ah, that's a fantastic way to, to end this interview. Scott, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Those of you interested to get deeper into what Scott's talking about, go to pmgrowsummit.com and get yourself a ticket. Scott, we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right, brother. Take care. Take care.